So sometimes I think your need for coffee is like excessive. Like we have Rude. two different. You're co- about to out me on our two podcast? different iced coffees in our house right now. One from you from this morning, and then a cold brew from yesterday. But watching this movie makes me realize that your need for coffee is just so chill. It's like nothing. <laughs> Hi everybody, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is Home Viewing, a podcast where we watch all the films in our office. Ah. <laughs> where we watch all the films. Wait, wait, I got this. <clears throat> and this is Home Viewing, where we watch our entire film collection from A to Z. Yeah, that was actually really well done. You should do that every time instead of doing your f- bit where you try and forget the podcast name. Home squatting. No, no. no. Usually it's on theme. I didn't have one this time. <laughs> So this is our second D movie. We watched Death and Funeral last week, and this week we watched this. I would consider this one of the movies that brought us closer together. Really? Well, this is a movie that you and I can like reliably watch and always find entertaining. This is yeah. a movie that I associate like directly with us because I think I hadn't seen it all the way through until like being with you. Oh my god! And I think you did sad. actually buy it for me at Target I did. one time. Yeah, for you, Christmas, I think. Yeah, because I don't think I had actually seen it. I remember someone made fun of me or us because I bought it for you. And then I watched it and I was like, "This is amazing!" Yeah, it's very good. I'm frankly surprised it took me this long. Of course, I don't think I was completely sold on embracing femininity yet by then. Oh so. god. Yeah. Shut down the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Well, this is a very good movie, though. I mean, for a lot of reasons. Well, I don't know if we want to get this deep already, but when I was younger watching this movie, I thought, like, the fashion people were the people to be striving to be. <laughs> well, but that, that some of them are. But it kind of shows how well, like, how double-sided this movie is. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, well, they're just, everyone's just bad. Everyone kind of sucks. At <laughs> yeah, everyone movie, kind of sucks. Which kind of makes it <laughs> it's great. It's the point, yeah. Yeah. The point is in that she became, like, a career woman and, like, changed her. You're getting so far ahead. I know. <laughs> Cutting to the point. It's the coffee. Okay. It's the coffee? Yeah, you're drinking coffee at 9.25 at night I'll when we're recording this? I'll be asleep in two hours. Don't worry about it. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Don't so, worry, everyone at home. I will was, sleep. So when this movie was marketed, and I am stealing some from that other movie podcast, Blank Check, the director was marketed as an Oscar-winning director. The writer on this movie is Aileen Brosh McKenna, who's the showrunner for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. What? No wonder there's so many punches. Like just, That makes so much sense. This, uh, the, how, how well punched up the script yeah. is. Yeah, so the... Uh, that's something I didn't catch on to before. The director on this was like primarily like a TV director, but he um, he like directed a pilot that didn't get picked up, and then it was released as a short, and I think it won like best short at the Oscars or something like that. So that's how they got their Oscar credit on here. Well, that and of course Meryl, who had her own makeup team for this her, movie, her own specific makeup yeah. team. Yes, not good enough for the regular <coughs> team. Okay, Devil Wears Prada, as we all know, is based on you know a memoir of someone who actually did work under 
Oh, that reminds me. I should read it. Under Anna Wintour. Oh, man. And they have that second part. I remember, like, during the production of this movie, there was a lot of, um... They have the new book. Well, there was a lot of stuff about how, like, Anna Wintour was, like, gonna blacklist whoever was gonna be involved. For Because, you know, it was seen as, like, a takedown piece of her. And Anna Wintour is actually, like, the Miranda Priestly of the world. Which is why it's kind of interesting to me, if you look forward to Ocean's 8... Which is set around the Met Gala, which is you know the charity event that they they have in the middle of this movie I at feel... the at the at the Vogue stand-in okay. runway. Okay, even if something vilifies you, doesn't that increase your net worth? Like, oh, I think this absolutely increased her net worth. Well, it may. I mean, just think about the Office episode where Michael watches The Devil Wears Prada and he acts like <laughs> acts like Meryl Streep's character the entire time. It's like I did not realize that she was the villain of that movie. <laughs> Me. Me so hardcore. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's because she just has so many incredible moments. Okay. I mean, everyone has covered that monologue, but it's so perfect. Oh, everyone. Oh, you think this has nothing to do with you? Oh, the cerulean one. Oh, cerulean. God, can we get a jacket here? Just the 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 way she captures the. I don't even know how to put it. The. She has this very lilting voice that she uses for Miranda. Like, it's very light and powerful at the same time. Condescending. Yeah, condescending. (laughs) But it's, and it's got this very, almost sing-song quality to it sometimes. Like, not quite breathy, like quiet, but powerful. It's like, I'm just astonished by the performance that Meryl puts into this. And then you've got Meryl, who's like very understated, and then you've got Anne Hathaway and Emily Blunt who are acting their asses off. Yeah, they're both babies at this point. Right? Yeah, no. Like the, not, neither of them have... This came out in 2006. Yeah. How old were we in 2006? Uh, uh, oh my god. Uh, do, do we want... 12? I guess I was. I think we were... No, we were 13. We would have been 13 in 2006. Hmm? Were, I would have been 14 then. Yeah, 14. I can't do math. <laughs> Yay, math. We were pretty young. So, Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Have we have we covered an Anne Hathaway movie yet? I don't think so. Anne Hathaway is a long-term childhood crush of mine. I have had a crush on her since Princess Diaries, if I'm being honest. Cool. Well, it's just the truth. But I've also like enjoyed every performance by her that I've ever seen, because she's very good. She has big theater kid energy sometimes. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. I don't know if it's just because that's what most theater kids look like, with like those big doe eyes, like, oh my god, look, I'm always on steroids. She's got, those, <laughs> she's got those, like, exaggerated, like... Features. Even everything is large on her face. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I love her so much. She's very good in this. She's pretty good in, um, well, everything that she's been... And I, I mean, I thought she was great in The First Princess Diaries. Mm-hmm. Like... A lot of fun Oh, that is a film. Yes. Can't wait till we get to that. Oh, it's so good. It's Can I get to talk about my Oh yes. It's yes. so good. It's such a good movie. Julie Andrews in that film. Oh. Oh. The Queen. Anne Hathaway is always accompanied by an older queen. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> you know, in Ocean's Eight, it's Sandra yeah. Bullock and Hel- Helena Bonham Carter and <laughs> Kate Blanchett. Like Oh, goals. <laughs> she's she's so good, and like she. Okay, okay, we can talk about things other than Anne Hathaway. Let's let's just start from the beginning. The weirdest 
montage at the beginning. It's, it's random. It's random people you never see again. It doesn't Wait, really that's work. That's the point. It doesn't it make sense. It draws a contrast between her and the clackers. Who? She refers to them as the clackers, all the fashion people. Oh, Emily? Yeah. It, oh, wait. It draws no. a con- con- Yeah. Well, not She Emily. calls them clackers? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It draws a, a difference between Andy and everyone other woman who's, like, looking for this job in New York. Because they all have these, like, intense morning routines where, and where they're, what like, fully do? getting ready and getting fashionable. Well. Brushes her teeth. Eats a muffin. That's something I don't. You eat carbs. <laughs> Am I smelling an onion bagel? I just well, that is something I I don't love all the all the food jokes in this movie. Yeah, it was it was rough, but I mean, I feel like that's exactly how they would be at a fashion mag. Like four is the new six, and yeah. zero is the new. Well, the two. funniest part is like you're looking at Anne Hathaway and you're looking at Emily Blunt, and you're like, they're the same. Yeah, they just they, <laughs> they, they wanted us to assume that frumpy well, meant fat. Right? I feel like at the beginning, that that's what did not work for me. It's like it's like the, Anne Hathaway didn't change sizes at all during that movie. She, she changed, changed the type styling. of clothing exactly. God, that was so dumb. I loved Stanley Tucci, though. Yes. Stanley Tucci is great. Um, You know, especially him talking about, like, pretending to go to soccer practice while taking sewing classes instead. Like, the idea that he, like, had to hide this part of his identity before he Uh, got to a place where he was comfortable. He had a good glow-up story, then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Emily Blunt, like, the cast is very good in this film. All the characters feel like they were meant to play those characters. Actors feel like they were meant to play those characters. But the other best part about the opening scene is... KT Tunstall? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to start singing this song. Suddenly I see. Suddenly I see. This is what I want to be. Suddenly I see. Suddenly I see. Why the hell it means so much to me. Yeah, that was... That was that, that really... Oh, that opening scene also was like an establishment of like the time. It was like so too th- early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Well, mi- late like mid two thousands. Yeah, but they would have filmed it in like two thousand four. It felt like, very okay, like early mid two thousands. That's fair. Adrian Grenier as her boyfriend, though. Oh God, wait, no. Who I almost he's called Vincent so... Chase just because he's so associated with the Entourage characters. I guess to... he was good at his character, but his character was an asshole. All our friends are the worst. Well. Except for the one guy. Well, even he, even he, the, the guy who was on Mad Men later. <laughs> even even he, who's like knowledgeable about fashion and supportive and loving it, still plays keep away with her phone at the restaurant. Yeah, that, that, was, was, that ew, was the worst that one. That was gross. Well, you, you are touchy on that because you, you're like glued to your phone. That's fair. That's fair. Ugh. But I know if I had gotten a work call and someone had stolen my phone, I probably would have like been like, "We're never talking again. Goodbye." Like, <laughs> especially if this is like the only job that's like, yeah, available to you. I feel like we d- they don't emphasize that enough, right? Like she had tried so hard to get jobs at other magazines, and mm-hmm. none of them, I guess, were. This was literally the only one, and this is before like the like employment crisis. Oh, absolutely. This is so. Like, this is back when print was still. Doing pretty well. <laughs> oh yeah, like how she has all those um, 
articles that she cut out of the and paper printed, and yeah. put it on the oh cardstock. Oh my god. You would just send your links now. That was a you'd blast send a from the past. Yeah, you'd open your computer and look at all the links you've mm-hmm. saved. It was hilarious. It, I don't know. I feel... It, it is the only job that's available to her. And, and like, there's emphasis as well that, like, if she doesn't... That this job isn't even fully covering her rent. Because there's that, like, implication when her dad gives her cash at the restaurant. And, like, but this is all that she's got. And yet they're all rooting for her to quit. Like, they're right. the worst And then when friends. her boyfriend, when she said she got the job, he was like, was it a phone interview? That's when I would have broken up with him. Oh, my God. He's so rude. But then when she has the fashionable stuff, he's like... Oh, where'd my girlfriend go? Ooh, this is so cool. And like... He's so bad. Yeah, he's a bad and boy. And he buys the special food when she's supposed to... When she's like, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna get quit. I'm gonna quit because I'm gonna get fired. Yeah. And he's like, guess what food I bought you for celebrate? You don't celebrating someone losing their job. I mean... It's nothing. Yeah, he was trying to like celebrate rather than comfort too. Right. And he was disappointed when he st- she still had the job. And then... Okay, fast forward to the end of the movie. They're still trying to make it work. He's like, I'll see what I can do he's when he's going to go to Boston. He's like, such an asshole. You better not go to Boston, Andy. <laughs> Don't do it. There's only one good man in this movie, and his name Stanley is Stanley Tucci. Tucci. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I wish we had seen... This is And this is a point I brought up earlier. You know, we don't see her hair actually change. She just says, we need to get you to the beauty department. No, it does change. No, so in the beginning, she has these, like, really long layers, and they're kind of choppy. No, but what I'm saying is we don't see her getting cut. Oh, we don't see it, cut. actually. Not like, 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 like it's in just the like, Princess Diaries. It's just, like, suddenly bangs. And I understand, like, okay, she's already done a makeover montage yeah, in the Princess Diaries, we so we don't need, like... Right. That makes sense. Multiple Anne Hathaway makeover montages. But... <sighs> I don't know. It was just like suddenly bangs, like perfect bangs. It was also suddenly in the space of a lunch break. Yeah, you but know? also suddenly she knows how to dress fashionably, like overnight. To be even, fair, no, Stanley even, Tucci is tutoring her. No, even if she had a Nigel Bible of some sort, Ugh. it would still be very difficult. Cause I don't, I still don't know how to dress like a fashionable. Uh, I person. think you do know how to dress like a fashionable person. And you don't give yourself enough credit. You put together great ensembles on the reg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh yes, everyone! Please, please recognize my, my great aunt. She is my witchy goth GF <laughs> wife. My witchy goth wife. Sometimes that doesn't have a good. Listen, when you when you wear that when you wear that like amethyst crystal with like the uh, with, <laughs> a statement piece. <laughs> your statement piece with with the black um, with the black shirt mm-hmm. and the. Oh. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna have to cut that. You made too many. I love my wife. Yeah, you're gonna have to cut all that. I love my wife! Uh, hmm. Man, this, this movie this movie was ahead of its time. Can you name any other movies during this time period that had like basically an all female cast? Well, I can name several. They well, I mean no, because there were a, Which ones? This was like the golden age of the quote unquote chick flick. Like, Chick flick doesn't mean mostly female cast, though. But no, no, but I'm saying that you did have a lot of movies like going on with that. Well, think about Bride Wars. That was what like was a. That? You showed me Bride Wars. That I was a, another Anne Hathaway that, movie. Uh, Anne Hathaway, Kate. Kate, Kate, um, Kate Hudson? Kate, Kate Hudson, I think. Yeah, where where they're where they're two best what friends who like have the fantasy who get engaged. And yeah, have, but I want to say like, there's Chris more Pratt male characters in that one. There's a few more, but this one had literally like three. 
Well, well no, see, but then you have jo- the uh, you Christian Thompson. Yeah, yeah, James Holt. But I feel like it really kept a good job of centering around Andy. But you see, and that's the thing. I'm saying that the other one. Let me look up Bride Wars real quick. This is one of our famous tangents. <laughs> no, Bride Wars, 2009, three years later, it centered on their stories. It wasn't about the male stories. Time like, for the tangent. Corner. And who are who are they? Who are they? Uh, who is the studio on this? Because I have a theory. If if I'm right, oh, 20th Century Fox. Yep. What you wanted to talk about? So yeah, Fox 2000. Fox 2000 is a studio that has been making mid-budget films like this that like do pretty big numbers and have fine big audiences that aren't like major blockbusters. And we we couldn't argue that Devil Wears Prada is a blockbuster. You know, it's no, yeah, a movie about so. people. Yeah, <laughs> and it's you know it's well done, and that's a studio that is. Not in existence anymore. Oh. Like Disney, Disney's a uh, purchase of Fox like just went through. And what do we know Disney for? We know them for tent poles. We know them for franchises. Disney isn't doesn't. I mean, they've still got like Fox's indie stuff going. They're keeping Searchlight alive. But I feel like we're gonna lose out on a lot of like these mid budget sleepers, like these things that are gonna become like well regarded movies and well regarded phenomena that like. It's just not going to go anywhere anymore. Yeah, because I feel like Disney's only interested in remaking their old IP and making sure that they yeah, have it. Yeah, it's not good. Oh no! Like, talk all okay. you want about like the X Men being in the Marvel universe and shit like that, and you know everyone has. I'm sure that's it's going to be interesting, but like, all we're going to have is franchises now. I'm so sad well, about it. I just it. don't know when when Disney switched from being able to trust that their fans would show their like progeny all the good like you know previous disney works like i grew up knowing bambi and snow white see, it's and not, all of those things but they weren't re-released they didn't make some new well, fun way to show them i mean that's me. the problem with the idea of the vault that's why they're rolling out disney plus you know because right. they're because all the films from the vault are going to be available there but when you think about like their strategy going forward it's not based on you know it's, it's not based on sleepers that are going to be at the box office year-round. It's based on big projects that are going to have big numbers and big hits. And that's, you know, the art is getting lost in the process. Like, these yeah. mid-budget flicks, I just don't think they're All these remakes I don't like, but most of their original works have kept pretty good quality. And I agree with that, but the fact of the matter is if they're being focused on the remakes, like, it's just them trying to protect their IP. Yeah, that's it's, it it's exhausting people don't want to be able to they don't want people to be able to think of sleeping beauty without thinking about disney they don't want people to be able to think of cinderella without thinking about disney but the thing is before like, i disney wasn't doesn't own fairy tales well they kind of did in my mind so i don't really know why they're going to all this extent but anyway all right let's let's get back to the movie we're talking about Double wears prada listen John's got to go on a brand about the studio no. system sometimes. So how about, you know, someone we've been sleeping on, Miss, you know, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt, so good, so funny. Like... She <sighs> is... But talk about the time that this movie was made. She is like the epitome of all the early 2000s things. Like the thin eyebrows and the, like, all all eye-encompassing shadows like, because now the trend... The dye job. Yeah. The trend is now to, like, not cover all the way to your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, natural things. Well, 
This was like her first big hit on in the U.S. scene too. Like, this yeah. Her, Wait, is her, her, her hair not forward. really? Her hair is red though. No, I don't think no? so. I'm pretty sure her hair's the color it is in. Like, is it really? But I think she was a redhead in some other movie too. Not in most of the movies she's been in. Really? Like, yeah, no. Well, she's usually that like iconic. dirty blonde. Iconic. <laughs> mm. It's red dye job. <sighs> what? There are a few moments I can think of that like really played into the overlap. The, like, the way that cinema can portray fashion in a certain way that no other mediums can. And, like, can portray You know, art. one thing, aside from even just the clothes, the, the hall, like, the hallways in the fashion magazine were all white, kind of like an art gallery. Mm-hmm. That's what it made me think of. Absolutely. But there are, like, a few scenes that are just... The urban jungle shoot? <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. It made me think of Gossip Girl. Yeah, and like you see the movement mm-hmm. happening all Because I think around. they had some, like a, literally a similar shoe. I'm pretty sure there are a lot of spots where they actually, as the camera shutter clicks, they like switch the shot to another to another spot of the photo shoot. And mm-hmm. I just, well, I just think about the way that the clothes are depicted in this movie. Like the uh, montage of her walking to work in all the different outfits. Yeah, where, where, Esh, so where, where they do like the fake cuts. Uh-huh. Where she, or like the... Not fake cuts, but it makes it look like there isn't a cut well, as she uh, walks behind something the and then one, she comes out. The one shot when um, Emily Blunt gets run over by the car and all the Hermes. The Hermes, Hermes scarves. scarves. Oh my god. Poetic the slow, cinema. Slow drifting of the scarves. Well, the thing is, it's it's not in slow motion. No, it's, it's just because they're it's just scarves. just how light the scarves are. And they're falling slowly downward. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. This movie is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The Paris stuff looked good too. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. I loved all the jokes about designers too. <laughs> yeah, like we've got to figure out where to put Donatella because she's not speaking to anybody. Can Can you spell Gabbana for me? God. <laughs> Hello. Get <laughs> me the Marchelier. <laughs> oh, there's one more. There's one more thing that I, I took some notes. <laughs> oh. Where it was, um, I, I forget who says it, but I guess it's Anne Hathaway, and it's, like, something about how if Miranda was a man, no one would be questioning, and if it was, it was, like, literally, like, a quote from someone. No, absolutely. I think she was saying, she said that to, I'm pretty sure, Christian Thompson, the, uh, the mentalist. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but it's just, like, this it's was- true. This is, like, on the verge of, like, our, like- Another, like, feminism wave. Well, yeah, I, th- I would say that around here is when you're starting to see... I mean, you'd already seen third wave feminism start to, start right, to take form in but... the 90s with, like, bands like Bikini Kill and stuff like that. And, like, you... <sighs> Sorry, I'm thinking about Shrill mm. now. I was the original bassist of Bikini Kill, okay? I'm very progressive. <laughs> Shrill, also excellent. Yeah, watch Shrill on Hulu. All six episodes are up there now. Just, just watch it. Um... <laughs> Ooh, ooh, there's another thing that did not work. Did not work. What didn't work? The skeezy fashion guy. When they're in Paris. Not He's not a fashion huh? guy, he's an author, but Christian Whatever, Thompson. he's a journalist. Yeah. Not an author. Well, no, he, oh, he's he did both. Something? He's both. He gets her the fake Harry Potter thing from the twins, which God, is also hilarious. That is a hilarious It is one of the best point. plot lines. Oh, God, the but most then, heartbreaking shot in the movie is in that sequence, too. When she tosses the oh my god, she like lovingly prepares the steak and like tosses it onto the oh. I thought you were talking about when she 
The fashion... Oh, that's before that. When she puts the fashion book on the stairs, which prompts Meryl Streep to give her this impossible task, which she thinks she can't do, but then pulls off. But then the skeezy guy thinks that she owes her for this book. So he, like, follows her around hopelessly. I... You know, I bet he wasn't even invited to that art gallery thing. I bet he was, like, stalking her. Well, I mean, it does seem like his M.O. He feels... It feels like he does have an M.O. Like, ugh. I'm so glad his his plotline doesn't pan out either that like he doesn't get the editorial job. Oh, I don't know. I just but, think about that. No, 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 you're talking over. Me. I didn't get to my point. Your point. My point. When they're in Paris and she she's like, you know, I broke up with my dude, but like I don't think we should be doing this and he keeps going anyway, even though she's like, I don't know if we should do this. If someone's like, I don't know if we should do this, you shouldn't keep going with them. Mm-hmm. That's not consent. Technically, no, absolutely not. It was viewers not. at home. If someone says they don't want to do something, don't do it with them, even if they're still. If you think that they're like obliging to it, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, done, bam. I'm just saying, it was a problem. Yeah. It sounds like a good spot for an ad break. <laughs> hey, I'm Lachlan, and I'm a Jay. We're just two dudes who love ghosts, goblins, ghouls, and monsters so much that we've decided to create our own. Well, how about you give me an example? How do you feel about an electric boy who can only move on subway tracks? Or a sparkly light-up manatee who lives in the deep ocean? Or maybe a hairy office snack thief who uses his extra-long arms to steal lunches? You know what? That sounds pretty good to me. Well, you can hear about all these things and more on The Ghoul Tank. Find us every other Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you can download podcasts. Join us in our journey to create the next big cryptid. And we're back! Okay. (laughs) Can I just talk about, like, the last ten minutes of this movie? The credits? No! (laughs) The moment where... The moment where she... Where the movie, like, turns into an Agatha Christie novel... What? And you see, and you see the reveal that Miranda knew what was happening all along. Oh, you mean the last the mon- twenty minutes? Y- y- well, that's like the last ten minutes. Because mm, then she goes to the new. The, that's the like new five York- minutes. That takes five minutes, maybe. S- silk screen, whatever it's called. New York Mirror. Yeah, <laughs> sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just think about that. That sequence is so well ec- executed. Oh, it is. Like, yeah, this is such a genre the, hopper. The, like double cross. Oh. Yeah. It, it was almost like a triple day. cross. <laughs> <laughs> Where like Andy like thinks she's got it all figured out and turns out Miranda knew about it the whole time and had it ready. Like what the moment where they're in the car and she's like, I also had a list of editors, models, writers, <laughs> all of whom I had captured the entire time and who would leave with me if and when I'd ever decide to leave runway. The magazine would have suffered. <laughs> If you don't actually see the list, it could have just been like pizza. <laughs> Larry, the guy from downstairs. Mm-hmm. It's interesting though because you get the feeling from the beginning that Irv like is dissatisfied with Miranda. Yeah. Like when they run into him in the elevator, he's oh, like, "Oh, and yeah. how much is that costing me?" <sighs> Must have been some bad jackets. <laughs> oh, that's another thing oh. where it's like a man probably would have gotten away with that way easier. But because she's a woman, he's and like questioning it's these things. Fashion, so yep, it's frivolous. Fashion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and which I feel like the movie does a very good job of saying that no, fashion isn't frivolous. Isn't, it's no. art that we wear. Like right. this movie has so many different thesis statements, mm-hmm. like points that gets across, and I think that's why it's so important because you know 
gave us this idea that like, okay, yeah, this profession is a little ridiculous, but it's important. And then even even though she's wearing this like relaxed outfit at the end of the movie where she's doing her interview at the New York Mirror, uh-huh. it's still pretty fashionable. It's like this like leather jacket and these nice like tailored pants. And she's like and you, learned. Like it's left her mark on her, but she's become like old Andy again. Mm-hmm. Like she knows more about, she cares about how she looks now, mm-hmm. which I think is something important. We should care about how we right. look. Yeah. We're saying this on days that, a day that we both just got haircuts. Very good haircuts i think yeah 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 good hair mm-hmm. i have a fade now i'm excited i've never had a fade before uh, what yay we're excited <laughs> you like it you said you liked it earlier is it a little messy it's, right now yeah it's a little messy right now i'll fix it later oh boy okay i mean the entire thing has been a fashion corner hasn't it Fashion, 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 fashion. Good needle drops in this movie. Of course they play Vogue. You can't get through a fashion movie without playing Vogue. That is something that, like, at the end of the movie when it has all the listings of the songs, I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. What else was there? U2's City of Blinding Lights. Oh, my God. So 2000s. Yeah. A lot of this really set the tone. Oh. Very of its era. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, at the same time, timeless. Like, the, the story absolutely does transcend the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it starts as a fish out of water, then a fish too deep in the water. And then a fish <laughs> out, of the, own water. out of the frying pan into the fire. <laughs> I don't know. I'm mixing metaphors. Things are going left and right. Things right, are going crazy. Okay. We need a belt over here. I just don't know what to do. You didn't even say the quote that we've been saying for the past, like, six years. different. Oh, what? Florals for spring? Groundbreaking. No, no, no. But we've we've been doing it wrong. Because it's a completely sarcastic line. No, well, that's why I say it. No, but the way you say it is wrong. Oh, florals for spring? Groundbreaking. No, but it's like... No, but it's... Uh, but like what you mentioned earlier, the Miranda Priestly thing isn't to over-exaggerate things. It's it's like this really t- tame, like, sleight of hand. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't even think I could the, do the it. The Miranda Priestly voice? Like, oh, you think this has nothing to do with you. Florals for spring? Groundbreaking. Not quite. Not quite. I, I was too soft right there. Florals for spring? Groundbreaking. But you didn't pause. There's a florals, comma, for spring. Are you sure? I am sure of this. I will play the movie again to show you florals for spring, groundbreaking. I just, if she purses her lips, disaster. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh. And one of my favorite things she does is she likes to move meetings up 30 minutes just so she can catch people unawares and be like, you better be on your toes. (laughs) Did not help with my anxiety of being places on time. (laughs) Oh, I gotta give this movie Hermes out of uh, out of Hermes scarves. I give this movie five out of five Hermes scarves. Wow, floating through the air. five! Absolutely five. no, because you know no, even though her I friends was are the you would give it like four point eight. So I give it five out of five. Well, you see, even though like her friends are the worst and the men in this movie are the worst, that's what makes the movie work. Yeah. Because you see that everyone in this movie is the worst in some way. <laughs> you know? Like, it's 
they're not all good people. Like, the entire time her integrity is in question, she finally, like, figures out in the end, oh, no, this job isn't worth my mm-hmm. integrity, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the point. Because even if her friends are being awful to her, they had a valid point. Yeah, everyone's a real person in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With their own motivations. All thought out, yeah. I can't think of a flat character. Like, even the places where they could have gone and just done two-dimensional stereotypes, like Nigel, he's thought mm-hmm. out. He fully inhabits that character. Well, but what about uh, the fashion guy that does the line? Josh is the name? Josh something? Who? The oh, one? James Holt? Oh, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. No, I loved him because rather than being, like, super effeminate or something like that, he's he's, yeah. he's like, got that ego, but he understands his art and, like... He felt thought out. Everyone felt right. so well thought out. All the characters are so well written and well played. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It is a perfect five. Mm-hmm. Five out of five. Same. Same? Mm-hmm. All right. Have we ever both given something five out of five? I don't five? think we have. Yeah, I think this is a moment. I think one time I gave it a, something a five out of five and you gave it overrate. You like overrated it. Gave it like a million <laughs> or, or like 11. Can you do that? You've done it a couple of times. I don't remember that. You rate on the Justin McElroy Monster Factory scale. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do not like. All right. We're a part of the Pocket Podcast Network, which has great shows like The Ghoul Tank. Avocado Toast. Them's the facts. So you can catch all of those on the Pocket Podcast Network on pocketpodcastnetwork.com. Uh, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Podcast Catcher is a good place Podcatcher? to Podcatcher? Yeah. I like Podcatcher a lot. It yeah. usually gets our episodes very quickly. Gets a lot of episodes. So that's a good app that we use. Not a paid plug. We just like no. it. Yeah. Um, our theme music is Oil Waves by The Organ Machines. And we'd like to thank them for the use of our theme music. Thanks, boys. Mm-hmm. And I think we're moving into the F's now. Wait, no. I was really the worried. E's. Because I think, you said, I think we're moving. I was like, where? <laughs> we're not moving anywhere. I'm sorry, not the F's. The E's. We're in the E's. What's, what's an E movie? An E movie is another Emily Blunt flick. An electronic movie. No. <laughs> it's an, No, we've got another Emily Blunt really? movie up next. Yeah. Uh, Emily Blunt. That's not even, a, that's not its American name. What's the American name? No, the American name is Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. (laughs) It was released in Europe as Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, no, so this is the... uh, How do we push it to that? No. Uh, No, this was... The first name on the DVD case is Edge of Tomorrow. So we're going to watch Edge of Tomorrow, which is honestly one of my favorite sci-fi films of of recent years. Well, that's a different Well, it's because it had... It's because it had an original concept. It has a good cast. Like, and... I'm going to be honest, Tom Cruise is a fun movie star. Okay, I was going to say, either I'm delirious or Tom Cruise was the other main character in this movie. Yeah, it's Tom Cruise. It's been a while since I've seen this. I love this movie. I think there are a lot of really good characters. I'm hard on sci-fi because I understand science. Okay. Yeah, but this is is like about quantum theory. Which isn't real, so... Oh, wow. (laughs) You you as a scientist know that... I hate quantum theory. I hate physics. I hate... Well, actually, no. I don't hate physics anymore. Physics makes sense and should have been taught to me much younger. Okay. Just like fractions. Well, until next week, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. See y'all later. Bye.
Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.